to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me at Strict Anonymous. You could always DM me there. I love hearing from my listeners over there, as well as on YouTube. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to my show. If you want to be on the show, this is a call-in podcast where I talk to total strangers about all kinds of things. Everybody remains a stranger even to me. It is called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. I change everybody's names. People, you could call me from a block number. I don't need to know who you are. I just want to hear your great, interesting story. So if you have a story, an interesting story, a secret life, a naughty lifestyle that you leave and you want to call in and talk all about it while remaining anonymous, you could be on the show. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or just follow me on Instagram and Twitter and you could DM me there at strictanonymous as well as I have a call in confessions line. You could call in there 24-7, leave your naughty confession if that's just what you want to do. I changed those voices over there too. The number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that 24-7. You got four minutes, leave a message. If you want, call back again. If you're listening to this po- this episode on a podcast app, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, Amazon, I don't know where the fuck you could listen to podcasts now everywhere. <laughs> Make sure though to subscribe to my show as well as hit a five-star review if you love my show. That kind of stuff really helps. Uh, Today, I have on Billy. Now, Billy has a cautionary tale. Billy is a guy who started, you know, living an alternative lifestyle when he joined the military. He hooked up with couples there, and there was like this whole underground swinging thing that was going on that he explains and how there's a lot of roots to swinging in the military. You're going to have to listen to hear his take on that. And then when he got back to the States, he continued on swinging. Uh, He went to swingers clubs. He was working there as a photographer because that's what he does. And he joined the lifestyle. He started with his roommate, okay? Somehow his roommate got involved in his swinging and things went horribly bad with her, but they did some stuff with couples. He talks all about that. And then eventually he did wind up meeting a woman who he married and they were in the lifestyle as well. And things were working out. They were, you know, hooking up with couples meeting up with them together. He talked about some specific situations, but then they started solo dating with couples. And then she started to stay out a little bit later and she didn't give him so many details. And then he started hearing conversations and then he found out she was fucking lying. And she had a couple situations going down with other people that he didn't know. Now, this is a story I've heard before. Why would somebody who is able to do whatever the fuck they want in a relationship wind up lying about anything like that when they don't have to? It doesn't make sense, but it makes sense, right? Because aren't human beings just so fucking interesting and complicated and nothing makes sense and that's real life and that's what happened to this poor guy. (laughs) And that's where he's at. I mean, we leave it at the end with him like, you know, having to get divorced from his wife uh, because of what he found out. But he's still a young guy. I wonder, you know, what he's going to do in his next relationship and how that's going to go and, you know, what he's going to do different to help his this situation from not happening again because like I said, it messed up his roommate situation who was a girl and then he messed up his marriage. 
So it's like a cautionary tale. It's interesting how he went from being like a solo person in the military to, you know, hooking up with his roommate and his wife and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Billy. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hi, Billy. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. So, Billy, you have a lot going on. A lot of different things have happened to you at different times in your life. And they're all, it's kind of like, you're kind of like the first switch, quote unquote, that I've ever had. Because you started out early on, and you're going to tell the story from the beginning, where you were a bull to many couples. Somehow you became the go-to guy. And it's interesting, that's a whole interesting story, you're going to talk about that. And then like, you know, fast forward to now, and you like to see your partners with other people. So now you're kind of like on the other side. So I don't know where we should start with you, but you know, maybe like when you got into the lifestyle and how and why you became the bull, like how it's almost like you were chosen. Is that correct? Yeah. Like I don't even know where to start the story either, but I guess the best place to start is when I, when I joined the military. Mm -hmm. So I joined the military in the nineties and what kind of blows my mind about it is, is like, if you saw me, you wouldn't think of me as a bull. I'm, I'm five, five. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm handsome, but I'm not like, you know, that alpha male, you know, super like military, you know, like the guy. Mm -hmm. And even in the military, like when people see me, they'll size me up and they'll just like, I could be a target for, you know, being made fun of, especially in an all male environment or like, Oh, you know, like I just don't register as like that, that well, all American yeah. guy who like with football and trucks and fishing totally, and stuff like I that. It. I was very okay. different in the military. Uh-huh. I guess where it started was I had made some friends with a guy and his wife was Filipino and they were always very kind of open about their, their public display of affection when I was hanging out at their house and like, you know, whenever we did stuff and it just always like resonated with me. It's like, this feels like a little too much for me. Like, I don't, I don't know if y'all are um, just really comfortable with each other. If you're trying to get me involved, but I've never experienced anything like that being so young and I always got that vibe from them. But one day we were out getting um, drinks and on the way home, he just says as casually as can be, like, hey, Billy, my wife wants to have sex with you. I don't know what he said verbatim, but, and he goes, isn't that right, honey? And she just says, yes, like, we were just having a normal conversation. And I was just like floored. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I thought they were playing a joke on me. So I didn't talk about it for a couple of days, but his wife was very attractive. And so I, I asked her, like, were you all serious about the whole, you know, like having sex thing? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. It's, you know, it's fine. And I actually had a girlfriend at the time and I go, is this a trick? Are you, are you putting me on to see if I'll be faithful? And she's like, I mean, you can find out for yourself or you can just go for it. And so, of course, being a young man and horny all the time, I went for it. And it was a really weird dynamic because I would have sex with his wife often, you know, because, again, young man. And actually really strengthened our friendship. Like, I wasn't, like, getting, like, an emotional relationship from her, but I was just getting, like, all my sexual needs met, like, on a regular basis. And I didn't have to be emotionally responsible for her. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, a really cool kind of setup. And, like, it made us all better friends. And, like, um, yeah. So that was the like opening segue into it. And in retrospect, like I learned now, now that I've had my experiences, I didn't know, but swinging in the military is very, very common. It because, is? Um, yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, like swinging has lots of roots in the military. Because, I mean, you think about it, like you have, you know, close, you know, work partners and friendships and brothers. And if you're going to deploy for six months and your wife's going to be alone, like, hey, can you like keep my wife happy versus her like going out and finding somebody or cheating on you? I mean, granted... Cheating happens all the time in the military because mm-hmm. it's just part of the beast. But I mean, like if, if you have that level of trust and you understand lifestyle, then swinging is ideal for the military because like, you know, your wife's having a good time or, you know, she's taking care of her. In some cases, a lot of guys like to hear about it or get pictures of videos. You know, that's that's definitely a, a case yeah, that I wasn't aware it, of. But it's definitely yeah, you're thing. right. I've heard of, I've had guys in the military that have hot wives and they've talked about that. So, OK, so now you're in the military and now you're starting to realize that the lifestyle exists because you're in it. I mean, yeah, you start, I, you're I, with that couple, right? What happens next? Well, at that time, I didn't know lifestyle as a term. I didn't know what a bull was. I didn't know what a, a cuck was. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything. I just knew that I was experiencing these things. So how it kind of cascaded was, so like I said, that wife was Filipino. And where I was stationed at, like in the military, we have bases in Japan and the Philippines. And what happens is these average looking guys will go to the Philippines and bring back like a perfect 10 wife because you have these <laughs> women who want to come to America right. and Japan. So, yeah. 
it's not uncommon to see like all these wives, like super hot wives in at military functions or they're working at the base exchange, which is like our grocery store base exchange. Mm-hmm. So there's like always hot wives everywhere. And because English isn't the first language, they usually group up and talk and like, you know, speak their language. And so I guess word kind of got out about me. So why start talking otherwise? And, you know, like, well, what do you mean? Just from that? Like no, no, no. But like, how does it go from you fucking that one guy's wife to word getting out about you? I mean, here you are just having this like sort of private threesome thing going down. You know, you got a girlfriend somewhere that doesn't know about it. You know, it's just that one couple. How does it go from there to word on the street is this guy's down to fuck your wife? Oh, well, that's what I was saying. His wife was talking to like the other Filipino wives on base. And, oh, like, okay. Okay. Them, and, I miss um, that. Why do I keep missing things that you say? Okay, go on. <laughs> no, you're fine. That part. I, think and, you, I think you forget to tell parts of your story. Okay, go on. Well, I get excited too and I jump around a lot. But yeah. I say this next part with caution because any guy who says, oh yeah, I got a huge dick or like I'm great in bed. You know, like, oh, here we go. Like, You're going to send me a dick pic next? Did you hear about that guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to send you one. Okay. But I guess for my size and like stature, I guess I'm blessed. I'm not saying like I'm, I'm a... a black guy or something but it's just i guess for being a average size asian like i guess i'm you know well equipped so i would have like husbands come talk to me like hey we know that you interact with this couple and we were wondering if you want to like you know have dinner and talk with us and it's kind of like a weird segue to go into but you know i get what they're saying so you know i would like meet other people and talk to them and like when that husband would when that husband would deploy you know i would like go visit his wife and what the crazy thing about it too was um, being adopted. I don't know a lot about my own culture, so it actually made me happy because I was hanging out with other like Polynesian people and kind of learning to cook and the food and stuff like that. So like, we would actually have dinner. Or they would feed me, and then you know like take care of business, high five, and go home. And it was just like like the best years of my life, honestly. Right. So word got out by that one girl. She started telling her friends, "Oh, this guy's got a big dick," and like I guess she knew the other people who were swinging, and then. I mean, if you're deployed and you're someplace and then who's getting deployed someplace else? Like people get deployed from where you are and you're fucking their wives. I'm a little confused. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't want to get stuck in those details. So how many couples did you hook up with? So with that group on that base, it was like maybe like seven or eight couples that they were they were actually a group and they all knew each other. So that was part of like how it helped spread too. Mm-hmm. Because they were usually with lifestyle couples, they respect each other's privacy and, you know, they're really good at keeping secrets. But also too, in the military, there is a strict UCMJ code. UCMJ is like military law that says, you know, you can't mess with other people's wives. But that's more in the context of like, don't sleep with someone's wife behind their back. And a, yeah, but what problem. I'm confused so about is why are there all the wives with these people on the base? Like, aren't like, isn't it normally like their girls are back home in their country or their state and they're some, they're very far away. Like where, how are the guys and oh. the wives in the same place? Okay. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you didn't understand that context. No, so this, this base I was at was stateside. So stateside bases, well, even overseas bases, like yeah. military base, it's like a contained city. We have grocery stores, we have bowling alleys, we have movie theaters, we have hospitals, we have... You get to bring your wives to there. Heart. I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, yeah, you have your family there. It's like, okay. it's just basically like a city with a fence around it. Oh, all right, cool. That's interesting. So, right, okay. So that's why there's all these couples. So the, in that base, you were with seven or eight couples. Then what happens? So from that base, if someone has to go somewhere else, say like Germany or Saudi Arabia, then that's when they deploy and they'll be gone for like, three to six months at a time. And so their family stays back at their home base. And you No, know, I get it. I don't need that school. information anymore. We're going back to your story. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's, huh. We have a lot to talk about. I don't want to, these useless facts don't matter. I was just curious because I didn't understand. So go on. So now you start with the fact that you're like seven or eight couples on that base. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. 
so there was one particular couple that I, I found that I favored the most and we were spending all our time together. You know, I would like, you know, go over there to their house for dinner every night, or I would have his wife come over and visit me constantly. And I guess where that kind of went was when I got out of the air force, I moved to Texas and we kind of missed each other and we always want to see each other. So they would drive and come see me, you know, it was a three or four hour drive. And so I would basically, he would basically drive down and, you know, give me his wife or I would go visit them. They'd come pick me up and I would like fuck his wife in the backseat of the car while he's driving and he's watching in the mirror. Actually, one time a truck saw us and like started honking at us. So we had to stop. So living in Dallas, they were coming to see me often. And I had just gotten a new roommate and she was Japanese also because I was making Asian friends here. Her English was, wasn't very good. So I was always like, explaining like phrases and jokes and like slang to her so she would understand it mm-hmm. and one time this couple came to visit me and his wife wanted to play but i couldn't explain why his wife and i were going to go in a room and he was going to wait outside and i couldn't figure out how to like tell her so i just pulled her aside i was like hey um this is kind of like a lifestyle that i'm from and his wife and i are going to go do this one thing if you want i mean you don't have to you can play with him as well and she kind of looked at me weird and thought about it, and but she just said yes, like like it wasn't like a big deal what I just asked her. So um, okay, is this bullshit? This story? Come on. So this is like a porn. So you bring your married couple friends come over, and you got a female hot roomie, and then you're gonna fuck the woman, and then you tell her, and she's like, yeah, I'm down to fuck that guy, and then she and everyone's having an orgy. <laughs> come on. Well, the thing about the thing about me when I like to play is I don't. I don't really like audiences. I mean, I've done it before, yeah, but okay. I don't like having people in the room. So that's why I was trying to like nudge her to like go play with him. And she, she did. She said, yes. So from that point on, we were, we were playing as like couples, couples. So they would come visit us or I would go visit them, but the family, their family kind of lived together. So if we would go to their house, we would have to play in the same room, but like one of us would be on the floor and the others would be on the bed. Cause like, again, I don't like being that close to close proximity to other people. I mean, some people like to play and they're okay with guys or crossing swords me not so much i'm not i'm not i wouldn't say i'm homophobic i just don't like a guy getting sweaty and breathing that close to me because it distracts me i like to like fully focus on my partner eventually my friend's wife got pregnant so we kind of like slowed down on the plane but we were still visiting them and the husband one time wanted to play with my roommates but there was like family around and i was like it's not a good idea this is no it's not a good idea but somehow he was able to like sneak off with her but he took way too long he was gone for like 45 minutes and then the family caught them in the bathroom and it was like a terrible, like terrible, terrible event. And people started fighting and arguing and like, cause they knew what they were doing and their family didn't know they were swingers. So they basically just thought that the husband was literally cheating on his wife right there in the house with people in the house. Mm-hmm. So we were kicked out immediately and we drove three hours home, just left our stuff there, just went straight home and we didn't speak to them for a very long time. It was very ugly. Okay. But then with my roommate, we were starting to, you know, meet other couples. And I mentioned before, I'm a photographer. So I had gotten a job doing club photography. And then that landed me doing work at the swingers club here in the city that I live in. So I was starting to meet other couples through this and doing this job. But what do you mean? They, they have those swinger clubs that have like photographers coming and taking pictures of everyone. Is everyone, da- is everyone cool with that? So privacy is a huge issue here. So really what it is, is like, my job is to take pictures of venue and events, but not necessarily people or actions. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, um, okay. Like with anything to social media, you, you want to promote your business and show that, like, hey, this is what we have and what we do, and we have lots of people come to parties. But no, I, I wouldn't take pictures of anyone doing anything like intimate or like that would invade their privacy. No. So, what were you taking pictures of at the cl- at the swingers club? I would take pictures of you know the venue, and if we had events, I would take generic pictures of people like dancing or having a good time, you know, and. If someone's face was like clearly in the picture, you know, either we would blur it out or I would ask them, you have to consent to, you know, post this picture. Right, right, right. But okay. we just want to show the place you know, traffic and populated and that, you know, you can come here and have a good time and it's welcome and inviting to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a really bad experience there too. So one evening I was doing my, my work and I had two cameras on me and I set a camera down so I can get a drink of water and I unscrewed my water cap, drank and put my water back down. And within that span of, I would say, five seconds, my camera was gone. And I went to the front door and I asked them, I was like, hey, I just had a camera get lifted. 
that's about $8,000 worth of glass. Can you please keep an eye on people, you know, leaving or if they have like a large bag or something. And the management basically said, we're not going to do that to our customers. You know, like we're not going to like ask them to do that or anything. Like they basically put priority of the customers over what I just lost. So I was pretty upset. So I quit that night and never went back. Okay. What does that have to do with the story? Sorry, I have really bad ADD. So with the story, what I'm saying is I was meeting other couples and swingers and... No, but I mean like, I lose the, sense, like losing your camera. I mean, there was nothing on your camera, right? Because it was just pictures of people dancing and stuff. You weren't allowed to take explicit photos. So, you know, there was like, was it a, you know, an issue of your camera being stolen because there was something on that? Is that, or why did you tell that story? That's what I was just wondering. I'm not sure. I was just, I was just kind of randomly going through my memories of like my lifestyle stuff. But right, okay. through the club... Mm-hmm. I was meeting other couples and I was making friends with other couples or meeting, you know, people. And I also, I feel like I got a sense, like if I was out in like the real world, I could tell, like if I see couples and I see them interact or the way they dress, I, I could tell I can tell if you're a swinger. Like, and I don't mean to stereotype everybody, but a lot of times, you know, it'll be an older couple, but they'll dress like they're younger or they're just like, you know, very, very flashy. And like, I also personally find too that people in the lifestyle are like, higher educated or they make you know better money mm-hmm. that's that's my opinion from the groups that i've been in right okay but what goes down i so, mean are um, you do you consider yourself in the lifestyle yes ma'am okay so now when you're at that swingers club you're just like a photographer when do you start going to clubs yourself and becoming in the lifestyle like how did you get in the lifestyle okay so i had my roommate my japanese roommate after we had a falling out with my military friends that were married mm-hmm. um, we didn't speak to them for a while so we, we got on a couple websites. We got on Adult Friend Finder and we got on SDC, Swingers Day Club. Those are the two popular sites here. Mm-hmm. And we started meeting up with other couples. The first couple we met, they were they felt a little off, but it was our first like time using these sites. So we weren't sure how to navigate it or talk to people or how to like, I guess. But you guys were on people. there as a team? Like you guys were dating now, you and your roommate? That gets complicated and, and I'm, I'm trying to get to that part too. Oh, right okay. I'm confused. But, yeah. Okay. So we're we're basically we're, we're basically roommates having sex, but I'm not right. calling her my girlfriend. Yeah, I got it. Right. Th- um, but that's what I mean. Like, so ne- since you guys started partying with those other people, now you're down to fuck each other, and you're like kind of, and so now you're on there, not necessarily as a couple who is romantically together, but you guys are together as a couple on Adult Friend Finders, looking for other couples. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the first couple we met. We were texting back and forth, and I remember the male being like really aggressive with his his wording. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend, and I'm gonna do all these things to her." And, and I was like, that, "That's cool. I'm more reserved. I, I kind of want to get to know you first, and like, I guess become your friend, and then then we get to that." Mm-hmm. But he was just like from the get go. He was just texting about how you know he can do all these things, and like I can't wait to do this and that. And we finally met up, and his wife was equally aggressive too. Like she was just like went for it, like. I feel we didn't even get past like getting to know each other, have a couple drinks and ha- have dinner. They just wanted to get straight to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, these were done. We had a good, we, it was a good time. I mean, it was, it was actually, it was really good sex, but it was just an off-putting vibe they gave. What made it even weirder was we pinged them on the other site. So like I said, we had adult friend finder and we had SDC and we pinged them on the other site but we didn't have profile pictures, so they didn't know it was us they had pinged again. They had pictures, but we didn't. So I identified, oh, it's the same couple. But when they messaged us, their story was completely different. They said their names were different. They said their ages were different. They gave us a completely different story of who they were. And that made me distrust them even more, so we didn't reply to them after that. But you had good sex with them. I mean, like, listen, maybe that, you know, listen, people call into my show, they have a fake name in their email, another fake name when I talk to them. I mean, you know, you could understand that maybe they would be not really honest about that, maybe someplace else because they didn't want to get caught. I don't know. But I mean, you did have like when you have sex with that couple, like what exactly happened? Where did you meet them? Like, what kind of like what ha- what roles do you guys play? You know, do you both, was it like a free for all? I mean, what happened at that experience with that couple? Can you tell me some details of the, that? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot you're, you're into all the explicit details. I'm just trying to, no, I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't. You're just like, you know, you're just flying through stuff and I'm just trying to get it just, you know, I'm just trying to get some stories and but you have a lot of specifics of stuff that people wouldn't be as interested in as the specifics of like, you know, the actual stuff that went down, like what goes down, like you're hooking up with these couples, you know, that's, is that your first couple that you meet off the website? 
And why was it not good? Yeah, yeah that was the first couple we met off the website. And why was um, it not good? I guess I'm speaking as my past self. It, it's it's the first time we had met, met a couple and found out they were lying to us. And I, I get what you're saying, too. Like, people lied to us. No, know, no, no. You said before you even saw them on the other site that they were lying, you said it just wasn't a good vibe. Like, what was bad about the vibe when you met them? You didn't know that they were lying until after you hooked up with them because then you saw them on another website. So I'm just saying, like, what was wrong with the vibe when you for, when you met them to hook up? Oh, okay, yeah. So, again, it was it was just an over-aggressive, like, I'm going to do this to her and, like, I can't wait to do this and we're going to do all these things. And I just felt like, hey, get to know us first, have some drinks with us first, like, let's let's at least break the ice and become friends or, you know, like, make sure you know, we vibe to that degree if we're just going to, like... Right, but you guys did all have sex, right? I mean, did you, like, screw the wife? Did she screw the husband? Like, what went down? And was it good or maybe it was? I don't know. It, it was good. It was a little awkward at first. So we went to their house. They had kids, but their kids were, like, a babysitter or something, so they had the house for the night. I remember his wife was redhead and she was always chewing peach bubblegum when we first started you know interacting it was the two girls were playing with each other and then the husband again being aggressive he joined in after a couple of minutes so they were basically going after my partner and touching her and kissing her and taking off her pants and they were taking turns giving her oral and then i was kind of sitting off to the side for i'd say like maybe 10 minutes but i didn't like it i didn't like that i was involved so I kind of like put my hand out and I touched the wife and that kind of snapped her out. And then she started giving me attention. She goes to kiss me and she exchanges that gum into my mouth. I thought, I personally thought that was disgusting, but I just went with it because, you know, we're in the moment we're trying to make things happen. My roommate and her husband are on the bed and they're starting to have sex. And then I'm sitting in a chair and his wife is giving me oral and I took the gum out and I hit it. I didn't tell her about that. So I started having sex with his wife on the chair I was sitting on, they were on the bed, but the chair was uncomfortable. So we all moved to the bed. And that's where um, I mentioned earlier, like I don't really like being that close to people, but it was really like the only place we could comfortably fuck. We did that. His wife was very, very dominant in this, in this role. Like, I mean, I like to fuck, but she was like, you know, like really like pushing me in the positions that she wanted. And she was like really grinding into me. And that made me come way faster than I thought it would. So I was out of the party first mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so, so they so they three played for a little bit but the energy was really good so i was able to like get back up and get back in the game so i think all in all we had sex like two and a half times i couldn't finish the third time we were done right so now that was that first experience of you guys meeting someone online don't, don't you eventually hook up with somebody else and like and become like get into a relationship and then you guys go into the lifestyle i mean that was stuff that you were doing with your roommate did you guys meet with a lot of couples when you guys were hooking up with people yeah, we, we met with, I want to say, three or four couples, but this is where the story kind of goes off the rails again. So we met this one couple, and they were both teachers, and we, and this is where I say um, I like to get to know people, so we were actually dating them. We were going to dinner, we were having drinks, we were getting to know each other, we were playing, you know, icebreaker games, board games, and when we were dating them, we would take a baby steps. Like, the first time, we were just, like, heavy petting and kissing. Then the next date, we moved on to soft swap. Or, you know, we didn't have sex to like three or four dates. And that was a good time. We were having a good time. We enjoyed this couple's, you know, company. And then we started solo dating. Like I would go meet his wife alone or she would go meet the husband alone. We were doing solo dating. So I'd say this went on for about a year. And I started developing like feelings for the wife. And she was reciprocating. And my roommate was not happy about that at all. And so I told her, I was like, well, I mean, we are lifestyle. Like, we're just, I was, I was lying to her. I was like, we're lifestyle. You know, we're just having sex. We're just, you know. I don't know that this is like not- lifestyle. I mean, this might be like hooking up. I think in the li- being in the lifestyle is a little different. Maybe when you're with a partner. I don't know. But anyway, go on. So, but you guys, so she had unfortunately caught feelings for you, even though it was never about that for you. Yeah. So my roommate had feelings for me, but I was having feelings for the wife of this couple. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so. I was encouraging my roommate to date other people or let's go meet other couples just so you can have more, you know, playtime interaction. I was trying to distract her basically. And she was getting really upset with me. So I would like go to work and come home and she would have like destroyed my room. I'm talking like knocked all my books off the shelf, flipped my bed over, like absolute psycho things. And then the jealousy kind of really cascaded from there. Like she would get jealous over people that I wasn't sleeping with. So, for instance, um, I was helping somebody with their school project. I was helping them do edit some videos, 
And I walked her out to her car from our apartment. And from the parking lot, I could hear um, our home theater on full blast of like volume 100. Like she, she pulled the stunt just to get me to run back to the apartment and like ask her like, what the hell? And she pretended like, Oh, I didn't know how to use a stereo. And then, yeah. So this behavior went on for a while. And the final straw was I caught her in my room. She was like, she was smearing like spaghetti sauce on my walls or something. And I told her you have to stop. And then she said that she was going to kill herself and you know, she was, she starts hitting herself. So I went to restrain her from hitting herself. But the moment I touched her, she acted dramatically like I had like manhandled her and she like threw herself on the floor. So I ended up having to call the police and then I decided it's not a good idea for me to be there anymore. So I moved out and we broke lease and then I continued to date. I, I never saw her again after that. And I continued to date the wife of this couple, but because all these things had happened, they were having marriage problems as well. So they were starting to file for divorce. Who? What about the girl you're married to now? I mean, you eventually meet someone that you're married to, right? Is that true? Yes. Okay. So a couple of years after that, I met this girl at a restaurant and she was significantly younger than me. So, I mean, she was pretty, you know, I was interested, but I didn't really want to commit to her in a relationship. I mean, she was absolutely gorgeous. So like me being a guy, I just wanted to fucking like, maybe like hang out for a little bit and maybe, you know, it will eventually go away. But she was very adamant about like being the person that I wanted to be with. She would like learn all the things that I liked. She would, she basically kind of emulated who I was, which I thought was weird. But then suddenly now she's like my best friend and we're like hanging out and sleeping together. So it didn't really take long, but after a few months, you know, she was living with me and we were together I was trying to be as honest as I could with her. So I explained to her, you know, this is like, this is the life that I came from. This is what I used to do in the military. This is like the dating experience I've had in the past. I used to work at this club. You know, I used to do all these things. And she was all about it. She's like, I want to experience that. I want to do that too. So we talked about it for a little bit. And then we got back on SDC and we started like, you know, looking for couples. And her birthday was coming up and she said she wanted to try two guys at once. And I was like, I mean, yeah, we can make that happen. So we started basically interviewing guys. We were looking for guys, you know, make sure you didn't seem like too creepy or too gross or, you know, like something that she wanted. We found two guys. We got a hotel and she had her very first threesome. And <laughs> that, that was kind of funny, too, because I wasn't involved. I just, you know, watched. That's the first time I just watched. But of the guys that came, one guy was like, he was tall, muscular. He was like very, you know, like the typical like like a kind of like a gym body, like, you know, someone you find just physically attractive just for the act of sex. And then the other guy, he was slim. He had long hair. But when he arrived, he baked cookies for her. Like he brought a box of cookies he had baked for her. And I mean, it's a really nice gesture, but it just, it, I don't know. I'll just never forget this guy baked his cookies. Like, okay, we're here to meet for sex and he baked his cookies. Uh -huh. But for that experience, we talked for like five minutes and then they got right into it. So I guess everyone was pretty eager, but we had bought some body jewelry for her. She started, you know, by giving both guys oral sex and then it moved to the bed and then they would take turns going back and forth. We never did anything like double penetration wise. It was just re regular vaginal sex, but that was fun to watch. We filmed everything and the cookie guy, it took him like an hour and a half to finish. And we were all kind of looking at each other like, is this guy ever going to finish? Like, is he done? Cause we, you know, we wanted to be courteous on that and finish, but also I, I find it funny too. Cause I think the, I think the hotel lobby knew what we were doing because I was going back and forth to my car, bringing in like cameras and like, you know, gear. And then later I went and met this guy and brought him up to the room and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think they were suspicious. Right. Um, yeah, go on. But after that, um, we didn't really keep in touch with those guys, but they would message back and ask like, Hey, can I get a solo round in or something? It's like, no, we're not, we're not into that yet. And then, so from that from that point on, we just started dating couples and some of the couples we were meeting, I remembered from working at the club. So we started building this friend network of like swingers within our city. So we belonged to Facebook groups and like other online groups. So we were always talking to each other. We had friends, we would go to parties together. And then we learned over time that we didn't necessarily like group events where group sexual activity was happening. We always liked meeting people, getting to know people and then going somewhere private to do something. And then that goes back to, what I said before, I like to be separate rooms so I can focus on my partner. So most of our swinging experience was meeting couples and then separate room play. We met a couple that we really liked. They were also teachers. We would go to their house. We would cook dinner together and we'd play some games and then we would, you know, separate and, and do our, our deeds. 
And that relationship also evolved into solo dating. So I would meet his wife and we would just go on dates by ourselves and my wife would meet the husband and they'd go on dates by themselves. And she was very sexually, her appetite was pretty big. So she always wanted to have sex twice, but it took me time to recharge. So we would meet up, have sex, go get lunch and then have sex again. She called it a fuck sandwich. That relationship with that couple went on for, I want to say like two and a half, three years. And then just out of the blue, the wife contacted me and said, I don't think we see each other anymore without explanation. I guess that's fine. I mean, you know, you have a right to cut it off whenever you want. It's just, I never got the closure. So that always kind of made me feel bad because I really liked her. She was like one of my favorite partners ever. Mm-hmm. And just one day she was like, we're done. And then um, another couple we met, we had met them. We drove, they lived about an hour away. We went to go meet them. And I don't know if their um, reason for trying swinging was to like save their marriage or they're going through something, but we met them. We had a good dinner. We went upstairs to their den. They were playing music. And then they had one of those giant bean bags, like a uh, love sack. I don't know if you heard of those. It's no. like a huge beanbag that can... Right. It's a, it's a beanbag that basically 10 people can fit on. Uh-huh. So the girl started playing on that, and his wife went down on my wife, and then she wanted reciprocation, but we I guess we didn't discuss that either We didn't going in, because my wife doesn't like doing that. Right. But with any situation like this, you don't take one for the team, but if you do, it becomes an issue later, and it became an issue later. So we had... We had to have an argument about that. But so the girls are playing, the girls are playing. And then we finally unite and then we go to our separate rooms. I go with his wife. She goes with his husband. These were done. And then um, my wife and I, we went outside to, you know, get some fresh air and just kind of like talk about the situation, cool off. And while we're outside, we hear the couple inside and they just erupt into this huge argument like World War Three. And I don't know if it was a jealousy thing or what happened, but I fairly certain that we were their first winner experience and whatever they're arguing about had to do with what just happened. So it was so awkward for us. We just kind of like snuck on the left. We, again, we went one of the situations like we don't want to be there. So we just left. And so I remember the next day we got a message from the wife there and it was kind of like the same thing. Like don't ever message us again. Don't ever talk to us again without explanation. So I was like, okay, I guess. Doesn't like something eventually, some sort of scandal thing go down with your wife? Yeah. So we were dating couples and we were dating singles and everyone operates differently in this kind of environment. It's like ideally everyone should be on the same page. Everyone should know what's going on. Everyone should, you know, have consent. And with me, I like to, you know, I like to vet people. I like to meet the guy. I like to know who he is. And same thing with her. If I was meeting a girl, she liked to know who she is and meet her and vet her. I do feel though that she was more protective and jealous over me versus me over her. Like if I met the guy, I thought he was decent and he showed me respect and kind of earn my, you know, approval, then everything was fine. And I always like to be there the first couple of times they played. So, you know, I know that things are okay or, you know, they're compatible or just, I enjoy watching it. When I would watch, it wasn't like, I didn't like that sense of shame or humiliation. It was more like I watched because I loved seeing her get pleasure. You know, that, that's what made me feel happy. And then following that, the reclaimed sex was like the best sex we had ever had. Reclaimed sex was always the best sex. Mm-hmm. So that was very exciting for me. And I was starting to enjoy that whole aspect of it. For our dynamic there, she would go and meet guys and she would either bring me back video or a, a very detailed story for to arouse me. And then we would have a reclaim sex. But I'm sorry, I'm getting off the subject. You said the scandal. So she ended up, oh, I forgot a huge component of the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm a photographer and she's a model. So we were like a photographer model team. And um, one of my friends shot our wedding so we had a you know a bunch of photography friendly people at our wedding and you know people in the industry and this photographer that shot our wedding he he got her some jobs modeling for a company that travels a lot so they were traveling and they were doing great work together and around this time too she had gotten a day job working for a restaurants you know restaurants that cater to like men like where the girls just kind of skimpy so she was working at these places and now she's starting to to get attention from a lot of men, like daily. And at first it was a trust thing. I was like, I'd ask her like, you know, how it work? And she would tell me about how this guy hit on her. This guy gave her a number. And this was a regular thing. She's a very attractive girl. But then that kind of evolved into how it work. Oh, it was fine. And I mean, can you tell me anything? Can you give me some details? And she's like, no, you know, just, she would just give me very generic short answers. Kind of like, you know how, like, when a, a kid comes home from school, you ask them how school is, they're just like, it's fine. You know, like, they don't want to talk to you. Like, they're very, like, like angsty or rebellious. Mm-hmm. So she was, like, starting 
to withdraw from me and not telling me things that were happening at the, the restaurants, but she would also stay out later and later and later, or she would tell me I'm going to go get a drink, like one drink, and then show up at home like three or four in the morning. And so I was getting frustrated with her and I was calling her out on these things. And then I was noticing too, she had a lot of regulars that would see her on a regular basis. Like they were always coming in. I would ask her like, you know, Hey, can I come see you for, for lunch or dinner or something? And she'd be like, no, she would have a reason like corporate was there or like the manager's doing some kind of like training or something. So she didn't really want me around, but I knew that she was, you know, seeing people there. So I think the order of events happened here. Oh, okay. So, I got a message on Facebook from the wife of our wedding photographer. And she goes, I'm sorry to put this on you, but I got into my husband's iPad and he has photos and videos of him fucking your wife. And her hair is different in all the photos. So this has clearly been going on for maybe three or four years. And it hurts a lot. But what really threw me off about it is like, we're, we're, you know, we're lifestyle. We have, we have a, you know, aspect of lifestyle. So if you wanted to have sex with this person or if you want to interact with this person, you could have just asked me, I, I might've said no, but like you always have the option to ask. Mm-hmm. And so it really threw me off. And I started thinking about the timeline and how often they travel together. And I started thinking about all the places they've been together. You know, they go to Vegas and California and all these different shows. And I was like, I really got sick to my stomach and I started like, I was angry. And so I couldn't hold in my anger at that moment. So I went to her work and just went straight to her and I was like, and I told her, I know about, you know, this person and she starts crying and then we have a talk and then she admits it. And then, um, it was a really bad night for us. Like I, I, I left, I didn't come home for maybe like a week. We eventually get back together and we're talking about it. So we agreed to go to counseling together for our counselor. It was a lot to take in because we were honest about everything. We were honest about the things we've done as swingers about our, our dating habits and how, you know, our counselor didn't really understand that lifestyle. So I felt we were kind of counseling her at first until she like kind of got it. Mm-hmm. But that's also another interesting side story too. So that counselor ended up liking us a lot and she kind of broke protocol and became our personal friends. And um, so she was like drinking with us at bars and like I ended up shooting her wedding and we became really good friends. How unprofessional. And, Something's wrong with that therapist. I wouldn't listen to a word she says. That's like the worst thing you could do as a therapist. It's weird. Yeah, well, and yeah, that happened, but um, not really. It, do- it really doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Sorry, but that's like a very weird profession. I mean, you know, it's one thing if it's just your hairdresser, but not your therapist. They're not supposed to cross that line. They could get. Fu- I mean, that's like really bad. Well, yeah, it's it's bad that that did happen in my situation. I um, believe you. I'm just saying. From there, we were trying to make things work, but I had like the worst trust issues, like. I always was asking her, like, who are you with? You know, what are you doing? Like, I was, I was basically grilling her a lot. At first, she was apologetic, and she was kind of, like, accommodating to my need to know things. But then, after a few months, it flipped on me, and I was becoming controlling. And, you know, she was letting me be controlling all the time and, like, watching over her, which I was because I was paranoid. But this was right before COVID hit. So she had gone on another trip traveling as a model, not with the photographer anymore. She had other gigs and stuff like that. And um, I had actually gotten her a gig with the company I worked for doing promo for our products. So she was also traveling with my company, but I wouldn't go on the trips, but she was still traveling with my company. So she was basically like a coworker, kind of, you know, part of the brand. So COVID hits and we're on like the, the major part of the lockdown, like where nobody's going out or anything. And I just found she was always frustrated with me over like the tiniest things. Like I would like maybe touch like a, I would touch like her car and she'd be like, don't touch my car. I'm like, it's our car. It's in the garage. I just leaned against it. Like, why are you, why are you attacking me? Our drinking really picked up. We both really went down kind of like an alcoholic. We were drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, she would either just sleep the entire day off or she would just find something to occupy herself or she just watched TV all day. And we were just sitting here doing nothing for a couple months. But she was always very short with me and like trying to argue with me. But I found that she was um, wanting to take like three hour walks or she wanted to like, drive her car around the block to make sure, you know, the fluids are still running through it. But she always had an excuse to, like, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. We start to open it back up a little bit. Like, my, my office says, hey, you can come in for an hour. We're going to split hours so no one really runs into each other. So I was starting to go back to work. And then her restaurant started opening up, too, with, you know, heavy mandates. So she was starting to go to work. But I told her, I was like, let's 
take it slow. We don't know how bad COVID really is. So let's just do minimal shifts and kind of like ease our way into it. She signed up for every shift she could, like literally, like as soon as she had the freedom, she signed up for every shift she could. And her behavior was just so like off-putting. And I was, it just made me paranoid all the time. Like I, I didn't understand her behavior. So I started having panic attacks like randomly. I, I couldn't explain. I was having panic attacks. So one day I come home from work and she's in the shower and obviously she should hear me come home from work because she's in the shower and she didn't go to the garage or anything. But I can hear her in the shower and she's clearly talking to someone. And so I kind of put my ear to the door and it's a guy. And then so, you know, I'm a press open the door. I'm trying to see what she's doing. She's FaceTiming someone while she's in the shower, but she immediately hangs up when I come in and she starts acting the role like, oh, you're home, you know, like happy to see me. And I asked her, who are you talking to? And she goes, oh, I was talking to a female friend. And I didn't call her out then, but I was very suspicious of like who she was talking to. So later, and I know it's terrible, but never underestimate the investigative power of someone who thinks they're being cheated on. Mm-hmm. Like, you suddenly know how to get into people's phones. You know how to like what apps to look for. And I get in her phone, and um, I was just overwhelmed. She was having an affair with one of my best friends. On that affair, he was. I was always telling her about my problems with her, trying to get advice, and he was like, you know, feeding into me. So he was actually taking the information that I was giving him and using it against me. He was putting in her head how I'm controlling, how, you know, I'm doing all these things to keep her off guard. And he was like basically like telling her, you know, you need to leave him and like pack up and go. But at the same time telling me how I can save my, save my marriage. He was playing both sides. Right. And then I found, I also found she was having an affair with one of my coworkers. She was traveling with, she um, was sleeping with him. She was sending him pictures. She was sending him videos, strip teasers all kinds of stuff. And that's who she was on the phone with when I came home, when she was in the shower. So that became a huge issue too, because I, I brought it up to corporate. I, I went and I, I told them like, this guy's messing with my wife. I wanted to stop this. This is the thing. And so it started getting ugly at work. And then continuing on into her phone, I found out she was having. Right. So let me just ask you this because we're getting close to wrapping up. Like what, where are you guys right now? I mean, how do you ever get past all of this nonsense? I mean, you know, she's cheating on you. You know, all this stuff is going down. Like, where are you now? And like, you know, do you think Uh, that being in the lifestyle and opening up your relationship caused that? I mean, like, you know, what's the deal? Where you, you, where you, how do you feel right now? So we're divorced now. It's finalized. And I haven't spoken to her since she ended up moving in with the manager she's cheating on me with. But where I was trying to go with all of this is totaling out. I had this experience in the beginning, enjoying myself in Air Force as a bull. And then I had some great experiences with partners in a cleaner lifestyle, but it's not perfect. I mean, we had our hiccups and like bad experiences, but overall it was fun. It was a great experience. And then moving on to my marriage, I did enjoy partner swapping. I did enjoy single dating, but then that kind of cascaded down into her going off doing her own thing. And where we lost our, our communication, that's where it really fell apart. And now that I'm single, I'm trying to like ascertain, like, do I want a normal relationship, you know, and just keep things calm or like, I do miss those aspects of having like those options and that trust and that level of communication. But now I've seen what happens when that fails and that's terrifying to me. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's just trying to like kind of figure out where do I go from here? Right. Okay. Well, let me know where you do go from here. I mean, I think you have to really think about it. I, I don't, I mean, you know, I've heard plenty of couples who are in the lifestyle who this doesn't happen to, but it can. And, you know, I feel like you have to really, you know, I think one of the keys to being successful in lifestyle, from what I've heard, and uh, is that, you know, you need a very solid foundation. And I think sometimes that that solid foundation uh, comes with time. The, 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 The biggest key ingredient to that most of the time would be that you're with someone for a really long time before you sort of open up that relationship. So maybe in your next relationship, even if you decide to open up, you know, maybe wait until you guys are really secure within yourself you really trust each other you really know and you really communicate so that it doesn't happen again that could help you're you're yeah, you're, you're absolutely right and and that's definitely a bomb i don't want to drop on somebody so soon this time because like one if they're not into it then you really throw off the relationship at the beginning and they're going to think you know you're into like these really weird things then so yeah i would definitely love to build like a strong foundation trust communication relationship and then possibly bring that up in small hints and see if that's something you'd be receptive to or not. 
Right, of course. You have to wait a little bit and just, you know, just or else you, you know, you might if you put it out there. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, that that roommate of yours, like you bring home a random guy and right away she's like, yeah, I'll fuck him. And then you guys are all fucking. And then like it turns out like she's like unstable. Like it was sad what happened with her. Like that wasn't a girl maybe that could handle what was going on. You know, she's not just crazy. Like something's wrong with her. Like I said, that was actually a sad story. I don't look at her and judge her as being a terrible person. I think she was maybe acting out sexually because she had really deep underlying problems. I mean, you know, she really went off the deep end and that's, that's what you don't want. You don't want to be with someone who's, you know, doing any of that kind of stuff because of they're coming from, you know, from the wrong place. So you just have to really make sure that your feet are on the ground, their feet are on the ground and you really doing it. Cause if not, it could just turn really messy and ugly. And look, you know, your relationship didn't survive. Your friendship with your roommate didn't survive. So, you know, navigate a little bit better next time. But I would assume you'd probably do better in a relationship where you do have that going on. But I wish you all the best of luck and let me know when you do wind up with somebody else. Keep me posted. Thanks so much for calling in okay. and sharing your story. Right, yeah, thanks for hearing me out my time. Thank you. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.